Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode hello hello welcome back to the consummate athlete podcast peter how's it going it's going well yeah we're back to to live and and breathe and do another amazing week of riding and being here yeah and you've gotten to do a lot of riding and running this week big week for you uh yeah we're building up towards that that big little run of yours so we're uh yeah just in the final stretches of that preparation so yeah i'm feeling good actually the body's come around i was getting a little nervous there uh, a month or two months out on how my my feet and ankles and stuff would would tolerate, but yeah, I'm actually knock on wood feeling pretty pretty ready for your challenge. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. We're all very glad to hear that. Uh, yeah, so I I'm not gonna belabor today's intro too much, uh, except to ask. So Peter, how do you carve out time for your workouts? How do you make sure they get done? I would say I schedule it would be probably the the main thing yeah i try and stick to that routine of, of getting it done and, and prioritizing it you know obviously stuff happens and throws it sideways but i do i try and put it into the calendar as a as an event if you mm-hmm. would yeah i'm actually super excited our next few episodes actually are very much sort of looking at this more holistic life view of being an athlete i would say uh, and i think today's kicks it off really really well um i know I don't know. I mean, holistic makes it sound kooky or something, but I think this is the other stuff. This is the idea of the consummate athlete, right? Where we're, we're looking at, you know, if you're stressed out and then you go and try and, you know, do your workout or you do a race, you know, you're not going to do as well. If you're not eating well, you know, you're, you're not going to do as well. If you're, you know, really grumpy with yourself and speak poorly to yourself while you exercise, you know, you're not going to do as well. So that's all these elements are, are part of it, right? That's really the, the put together or the consummate athlete. Yes, and the big part of what we're talking about today is when you're so overbooked and your to-do list is so long that you can't make time for your your workout or you just don't know where it fits in. And we do, you're right. We do have a, a, a bunch of different interviews that I think are very practical. Um, again, I, I don't want to say, we won't use the word holistic because I think that does sort of sound like woo-woo. Uh, but yeah, I think we, we have a good set of interviews coming up in that direction, right? Looking at this, you could call it off-bike or, or uh, you know, everything other than your workout yeah exactly Um, and actually it's funny so today's guest is the editor becky kane she works for todoist and actually she she's one of the people behind their blog which is actually called ambition and balance right and todoist is an app that you really like yeah i've been using todoist i'd say fairly obsessively for the past how would you describe i don't it's it's like a to-do list but it's like really souped up and and helps you get stuff done yeah so i mean a lot of people when you hear todoist you're like oh it's just like the reminders app on my phone or something like that right Um, but it's it's a lot more than that. Um, it's yeah, very, very souped up. It's, you know, to do tasks, you can separate them into projects. It's, you know, there's a calendar sort of element to it. Um, and you have sort of recurring things, which might include like your workout for the day. So but- that's, that is legitimately how I get my workout done is that every, I have a recurring task that's just, you know, fill out your workout uh, Excel sheet. Right. So every day that comes up and I can tick it off. Well, that's interesting. You have it not to do the workout, but to fill out the workout sheet. So yeah, I think I might've been talking with Becky about this during the episode, but 
I used to have two separate tasks. I had workout and then fill out the fill right. out my comments. Right. Um, and then I realized that like I actually was over prioritizing my workout because it let me check two things off of my to do list. Okay. Which is actually just like a really silly mental game I was playing with myself. And I realized like if I have it like fill out your spreadsheet. I have to do the workout in order to fill out the spreadsheet. Yeah, or deal with the, you know, what are you going to write about? You know, I think it's good. Sometimes we have these days that you don't get the workout done. Sorry, DW is squeaking away here on his toy. We'll switch that over to a sock toy. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you just don't have time to do it all. Yes, yeah, we're multitasking here. Apologies. So, yeah, it's, sometimes you don't get it done, but then you have to, you know, it's still good to comment on that, you know, for your coach or for your own, you know, today didn't go well because of this. You know, maybe Wednesdays aren't my day to do workouts. Maybe I don't do workouts on Wednesday anymore, right? And you sort of learn from those comments too, but it's, it's a little painful to put in comments on days, you know, you were doing something different. Yeah, but I think it's actually probably the most important times to put in the notes are the days when you didn't get around to doing your workout because your coach is going to have to like, change stuff around in a lot of cases right like oh if sure. i didn't do anything on wednesday but that's my big workout day that's going to change the schedule i would say probably the athletes that i coach that are listening probably find it more painful when i'm like no we'll just we'll just leave that one we're not going to do it <laughs> i think that's probably the more painful versus the moving it around right right yeah uh, yeah. So anyway, this is a super fun episode. We don't just talk about how to use Todoist. We we really nerd out on kind of all different kinds of, you know, systems of organization for how people can sort of make their their lives, their work, their home, and their workout life sort of integrate together. Because I think that's I've been talking to a lot of the mental performance consultants we have coming up about this idea of identities and how we have we tend to have like a work calendar over here that's like all of our work stuff then we have our life calendar which is like kids soccer games and you know family stuff and this that and the other thing and then we have our training schedule and it's it's very infrequent that all, people have all of their stuff in one place and i think because of that we get sort of in these traps of like well, now we have like several different identities and at any one point we're like ignoring one of our calendars so i'm i'm a big fan of you know if you're not using like one system for organizing everything figuring out like one place where a lot of stuff can live and i mean so like all of the different calendars and stuff have so many integrations now where you can sort of be sure. pulling in you know different output inputs into into your output um and you were just talking about an article you were reading about like the slackification of the american family or something yes so maybe your family needs like an asana board so you're like on top of that and your and your training peaks and your I think your the moral of the story was it could go too far but yeah there's probably a balance there somewhere where we're getting things done yeah exactly uh, anyway, I hope this episode sort of helps people just kind of figure out how to pull everything together a little bit more. If you're starting to feel a little bit scattered, I know as like the world reopens, suddenly our calendars are getting a lot more full. So, you know, this might be time to sort of reassess how you're organizing everything. For sure. And, and protect those workouts. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Enjoy this episode with Becky Kane from Todoist. Becky, welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm so excited about this. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Um, before we get super nerdy about productivity, uh, obviously we have to talk about the fact that you have a very athletic background. And normally we're talking to a lot of endurance athletes, so I'm very excited to get someone who's a little more on the CrossFit side of things. So give me your give me your background. Yeah, so I actually started out uh, running cross country. That was my first uh, sport love, um, started when I was in junior high. So I'm definitely familiar with endurance sports. 
Um, and that was my first love. So um, did that all through high school, uh, ran D3 um, in college as well at McAllister College. So did um, cross country and uh, track and fields um, all four years. And then um, took a, a year off uh, after that was, you know, like I had done a lot uh, of athletics and, you know, training for, for that many years straight, uh, you know, it's a, a lot mentally. So um, took a, a year, year and a half off um, and kind of got pretty out of shape uh, and decided, oh, I really miss having some structure um, and having uh, goals. Um, and so, yeah, I, I found CrossFit um, at that point and, uh, and really fell in love, you know, combining the, um, the strength training with also this aspect of, you know, oh, I, I need to breathe hard. Otherwise, I don't feel like I'm actually working out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I love that. So how long how long have you been doing the the CrossFit thing? And have you ever gotten like the urge to do very like competitive level CrossFit? Yeah, so I started on, um, let's think what it probably four years ago now, five years. Um, and yeah, started out doing, uh, you know, going to, to classes and that aspect of it, I just loved. I had trained with a team, you know, my entire life and, you know, having a coach um, always there to kind of guide me, tell me what to do. Uh, that's super motivating to me. Um, and so having that class, having that community around it was really important. Um, and then probably um, a couple of years, I think I participated in the CrossFit Open. Um, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's, you know, every year um, it runs for five weeks and CrossFitters around the world do it. And each week you're doing a different workout that gets announced that week. And um, yeah, that definitely got my competitive itch going as it does for many people. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't do muscle ups and that's really frustrating. And I want to be able to, you know, really focus on my weaknesses, um, that type A personality. Uh, yep, yep. Um, so at that point I did um, start working with uh, coaches one-on-one -on -one doing, you know, extra programming and, um, and fitting that in with classes and kind of blending, you know, working on, on my weaknesses um, and, you know, getting more competitive with it. Um, I did have a labral tear that uh, kind of was right when I was like, oh, I, I actually think I want to, you know, start competing here. Um, and I recovered from that. And then the pandemic started. So I haven't done, <laughs> oh, no. I've done like a couple of competitions, but, um, you know, one team competition, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but definitely um, looking forward to getting back to it and just working out with people again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's super interesting. Okay. So I have to, I have to focus on CrossFit for a second because cross country to CrossFit, um, they're very different, um, ideal body types, we're going to say. Yeah. And I feel like you and I can kind of jam on this because like, I'm currently a runner, but I would say like, if you just looked at me and said like, what should she do? It's probably CrossFit. Uh, because I've just always been like, I was the eight year old who could do pull-ups, which made uh -huh. no sense. Um, <laughs> So like, yeah, how did you, how did you kind of make that shift from, you know, this, this sport where being this like tiny person with no muscle is sort of the ideal to like CrossFit where it's like, oh, oh yeah, I can do several muscle ups. And that's like a thing I'm <laughs> really focusing on. 
I was always muscular for a distance athlete. Um, you know, in junior high, no one's really muscular yet. No, you know, everyone's uh, a twig. Um, oh, God. See, and- I wish that was the case, but I <laughs> like, I specifically was not. I've been the size I am since I was 10 years old, That's which was awesome. terrible as a preteen when, like, <laughs> you know, I'm from like the, the Mary Kate and Ashley generation, right? Oh, Where yeah. like, like super skinny was super cool. And I just remember being so furious about it when I was younger. And now I'm so thankful for it. But at the time it was awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, it is, um, it is interesting, you know, you see kind of at the highest levels, um, you know, athletes do, you know, they're all very, very thin, but if you're down at like the kind of D3 collegiate level, there is a variety of body types that can be successful, you know, in, in, um, endurance sports. And, um, yeah, I, I, my, uh, track and field coach in high school was always like, why aren't you a sprinter? Like that would just make more sense given (laughs) your quads. Um, but I, I just fell in love with endurance, uh, running and that's, and you know, I was, I was decent at it and, Mm -hmm. um, and I loved it. And yeah, just that, I, I think, Oh, that feeling of like pushing your body to that kind of uh, aerobic limit is always something that I just feel is missing if I'm just um, like, I, I couldn't ever just do powerlifting, even though that would probably be what my body would, would be best <laughs> at. But um, I was lucky in college. Um, I had a, an amazing coach and um, my college had a great strength coach and they worked t- together um, and really came up with a, a program um, for the the women endurance athletes. And it was very much a, a thing of pride that like people really wanted to get that pull up. People wanted to get stronger. Um, and, you know, it wasn't a, a focus on um, kind of your, you know, being that like really tiny body type. Um, mm-hmm. And I was lucky, you know, my college, um, McAllister College, we had um, a doctor who, Dr. Steph Walters, uh, she had run at Grinnell. Um, and she was, we always had, you know, sessions with her at the start of every season um, around um, a lot of issues with kind of, um, you know, type A female athletes and endurance sports, you know, there's a lot of issues with, um, yeah, body type and, um, and eating, you know, everybody comes with different backgrounds and different um, preconceptions and you're adjusting to college and that's always just, um a struggle and you're comparing yourself to, to new people and in this new community all the time. And so, um, yeah, I was really lucky to have a program that was very, um, you know, open about those kinds of things. And we talked about those kinds of things. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Not a very common, uh, common situation. So you lucked out for sure. And even coming from, uh, I just noticed that a lot of athletes came from high school where, you know, they clearly had cultures on their team that just wasn't healthy in that way. So I Mm -hmm. I felt lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So now I have to shift gears because now we have to get super, super nerdy. Um, And I wanted to start with this, this very like open-ended question and I deeply apologize for how open-ended it is, but um, I recently, I was on a podcast and I got asked, like, they're like, you talk a lot about productivity for someone who is an endurance sport journalist. Um, why? And I was like, because you can't have, like, I just don't feel like you can have 
like effective endurance sport and like actually train for any number of months or years or any of that stuff without figuring out how it integrates with your life and how like your productivity systems work as a whole, because otherwise you're, you're always going to be chasing the hours. So um, as someone who works for productivity software mm-hmm. that I personally am obsessed with. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> I absolutely agree. Um, it, with endurance sports, you know, you're talking hours in, in a day that you need to find reliably, you have to do it consistently. And, uh, you know, work is going to happen. Uh, you know, there are people who are expecting you there, it's your paycheck. Uh, but when it comes to uh, fitness as an adult, you know, you have to be in the driver's seat, and you have to be the one that prioritizes it and make sure it happens. And if you don't have systems in place to make sure um, that, you know, work is at as at work and then you know you're you're carving out that time for you um you know whether it's before after during um yeah you're you're not gonna if you leave it up to chance it's not gonna happen exactly yeah and i think that you know to me that applies not just to like the training session for the day but like you know there's like all of the other things, whether it's meal prep or like, you know, just doing the knee exercises that I know I'm supposed to do for my knee. Mm-hmm. And I will not do if I don't get to like, tick it off a box. Like I need all of that, like organized or I just, and like prioritized or I won't make time for it. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, how do you actually balance this training time with work? I mean, especially, you know, CrossFit, yes, it is like an hour session, but you're also doing one-on-one with coach. You're, you know, actually like trying to take this to like next level. So that's, that's more than just your like, boom, hour, you're done. Yeah. So I train five days a week, um, usually two hours, if I'm being efficient, two and a half, three hours, sometimes, um, depending on how much, uh, you know, I might fit in extra stuff too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of time. Um, for me, I have given up ever trying to train in the morning. Uh, I'm just not a morning person. It's never going to happen. I'm just setting myself up for failure. Um, I think if you are a morning person, it is a great way to make sure it happens because you do have more control over your morning. Work hasn't started yet. Um, you can make sure that that happens. And then whatever happens for the rest of the day, you know, you've gotten your training session in. Uh, it's just not realistic for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, every every day, same time, uh, four o'clock, I, uh, you know, try to wind down work. Um, I think it's something that helps me is having a work shutdown ritual, um, which is something I learned about from uh, a book that I love called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, and he talks about the importance of having that shutdown ritual so that uh, you know, I, I go into my Todoist, I complete anything that I haven't, that I got done for the day that I haven't completed yet. Um, I postpone, I always postpone tasks. There's always tasks I don't get to. Totally. So I, I replan those for later in the week. So they're not just hanging around my to-do list. Um, and then I know that I have a plan in place for everything that I need to get done. And that lets me shut, shut my work um, and then switch modes and and do my training and I can be focused on my training and I'm not worrying about, um, you know, whatever happened at work for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think having having it be at the same time every day, um, making that decision as automatic as possible. Uh, you know, you're not getting up every day and saying, oh, am I going to work today? Am I not going to work today? Uh, no, because there are systems in place. Um, and so. 
uh, you know, you have to figure out how to set those in, in place for yourself. So I, I think one of the easiest ways to do that is having training partners uh, during COVID that clearly hasn't been uh, possible for a lot of people, myself included. So I've uh, definitely had to learn how to be a, a bit more disciplined myself. Luckily, I have a, a garage gym I can work oh, out nice. in. Um, but not, you know, that's open and available at any time. So it's even harder than, uh, you know, I don't have to show up for a class time. I don't have to fit in open gym. So I could be, I could start training at four. I could start training at seven. It's going to be open. Um, but I think keeping that consistent time every day um, and, and keeping that date with yourself, um, mm -hmm. just like you would with work is, yeah. yeah, that's what you have to do. Yeah. It's funny as you were talking in the beginning, um, and mentioning, you know, CrossFit was great because of like accountability and like working with a coach and all this stuff. I was like writing down pandemic question mark. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I found it was funny for me. I had almost like the opposite thing where I was like almost, okay, good. I don't need to like coach training camps anymore, or I don't need to make plans with, with friends as much anymore because I'm actually like a solo person like more often than not. So in a lot of ways it was better for me, which is a really <laughs> embarrassing thing to admit, but uh, it's, it saved me from having to do a lot of social things. Uh, so <laughs> that was my experience. Um, okay. We need to back up because you mentioned Todoist. And like I said, I'm I'm obsessed. But can you explain what exactly it is, yes. um, and and what your role is there actually? And then I want to yes. hear about how you use it on a daily basis. So Todoist is a to do list app. Um, it uh, we have apps for um, your computer, for your phone, uh, browser extensions, email extensions. Uh, you know, our goal is to kind of have your to do list wherever you need it, so that as soon as a task pops up, you can add it to Todoist, you know, you won't forget it, you don't have to try to keep it in your head the whole time. Um, so that's what it is at its most basic. Um, but then, you know, you can organize your tasks in projects, um, add, add labels, um, put together custom filter views. Um, you know, if you just want to see tasks that are in your work projects, you can do that. If you um, just want to see tasks that you can do at home, uh, you can do that. Um, and then due dates uh, is something that I rely on all the time. If a task doesn't have a due date, it will just get lost to the ether. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, putting due dates on things and then they automatically pop up in your today view or, you know, on the date in your, um, there's an upcoming view. So you can kind of see your whole schedule um, laid out and you can scroll down however far you want to scroll down to see um, your upcoming tasks. Um, and then I, I know, I think that you're a fan of recurring tasks. Love, uh, love, love, love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, again, where you just want to offload as much from your brain as possible. And recurring tasks are great for that. So if you do have, yeah, like a physical therapy, um, you know, routine that you want to do every day or, you know, those little things that are so easy to just forget about, you can have a recurring due date, you know, every day every other day, um, every week at the same time, I have, you know, put out the garbage, um, you know, every week. So I never forget to do that. Um, and that's a really powerful way to, to just remind yourself, oh, yep, I, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to be really guilty of, um, I actually broke things down too much originally, where I have like every day, I had workout as an everyday recurring task. And then mm -hmm. after that, I had uh, record like record workout notes as my next recurring task, which ends up being two tasks, which like sounds minor, 
But I finally realized, well, I can't record a task or I can't record my workout until I've done the workout. So I don't really need to hit workout like done. I could just go with like record workout is like is the task for doing the workout and writing it down, which is like an extremely, extremely specific and nerdy thing to explain. But I just I found I used to be like drowning in way too many like tiny things when I could actually like combine them. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I live and die by my to-do list. I've, every time I'm on a training camp and I have people asking like how I'm doing like the training camp, but then I'm also like getting articles turned in and like doing all these things. I'm like, here, look at my phone. It's broken into like 37 tasks for today and they're all going to get done because I'm obsessive like that. Um, (laughs) I think. One thing that I've changed a lot um, in from when I first started using Todoist uh, is I used to put down tasks. I think it was the other way for me where I was like, I'm going to have a task to write a blog post. And that can take, you know, that requires a ton of different steps that can take four days. Uh, and so, it, you know, it, it, I don't get to complete a task for four yeah. days. That's terrible. That's very uh, disappointing. So, yeah. <laughs> very disappointing. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to be motivated to keep up with my to-do list if all of my tasks take four days. And so learning the right level of, of breaking down so that, um, you know, I am able to complete a task, you know, in the first couple of hours of the day and get that momentum going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just figuring out that balance. Cause I do think, yeah, sometimes people go overboard in the other direction uh, and then they just have too many small things and they're taking more time adding the small things than yep. they are, than they would just doing them. And so figuring out that balance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that I really love about it is most people I know have sort of like a work list over here and they, they use say GCAL for that. And then they use, you know, like, um, like just their, their notes app on their phone for, you know, house type stuff, like just home things. And then they use training peaks or whatever for their workout stuff. So you sort of have these like three separate systems that are like work, life, training. And I always find that's really hard for me because I need to see everything like all at once in my like day view. Otherwise I will forget to do laundry or I will forget to, or just like not do the workout or the other like health, health related things we'll say. I need them all in one place. And that's what I think to do is, is the best for like, yes, I can look at the project view and just see work stuff or I can look at today and see all of my life as like a more holistic thing. Now, this is maybe like a weird question, but do you feel like during the pandemic, more people have come to to Todoist as sort of like a a holistic approach because they're working from home? So it actually is all in one place now? Yeah, I think when people shifted to working from home and there's just so much less structure than they had before. Also, just everything going on is so overwhelming and um, just trying to figure out some way to feel some semblance of control over your day. Um, Yeah, I do think, you know, we saw people who used uh, Todoist with their children for their um, schooling because now they were responsible for their kids' schools. Um, And so it's really neat to see the ways that people have expanded it to cover different aspects of, of their lives. And I think you're right. It is Um, You know, people are used to at work, they have some kind of project management tool where people feed them tasks, um, but there's no place where they have control, where they can see their whole day in one place 
Um, and I think that's helpful, having it in one place where you can see, oh, this isn't going to fit. Um, you know, it, if you are just looking at your work tasks here and your uh, home tasks here and your training, you know, training things over here, um, you don't see the whole and it's really easy to plan just way too much into your day and not have, a, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so you've, you, uh, in working with Todoist, actually, what, what exactly is your sort of like overarching role at Todoist? Yes. So I, uh, I do content at Todoist. I'm a content uh, creator, manager, um, I, an editor. Um, so I am in charge of our blog, um, Ambition and Balance, um, which I think uh, is a cool um, kind of summarizes Doist's ethos. Um, you know, we want to go after ambitious things and we have ambitious goals um, for ourselves as individuals for the company uh, but we also recognize that we need um, balance as well and endurance athletes know uh, you can't just train hard every day you're going to burn out uh, and so that's you know what we um, the ethos that we bring to our work um, and you know productivity isn't just about getting more done it's about making sure that that you can take time to disconnect um, and because you have all of your tasks, uh, you know, organized and accounted for, you can stop thinking about them um, and really, you know, be present in mm -hmm. whatever you're doing. Um, so yeah, I, I we write about productivity, um, remote work, teamwork, um, all different kind of aspects of um, you know things that we want to accomplish in our lives uh, on the blog. Um, we also have recently, last year, we launched a productivity methods hub. Uh, you know, as a productivity nerd, uh, you're probably aware that there are tons of different methods out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I liken it a little bit to um, the diet industry where there's just always the like yes. diet du jour uh, and people are always chasing after the next shiny thing. And, um, and so we kind of brought together the most popular productivity methods um, and we have guides for each. Uh, and then a quiz that um, will will match you kind of with a, a productivity method that might fit your preferences, your goals, your specific challenges, um, whether that's you know, procrastination or um, staying focused or maybe taking on too much. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was a, a fun project that we did. And, and really, you know, with our content, you know, Todoist obviously we believe in it um, as, as a company. We think it's a great tool. It helps a lot of people, but ultimately it's the habits that you build around it that are going to really change your life. Um, and so you know, our content is all about, you know, how do you build those habits and how do you make that work, um, you know, fit in your life? Mm -hmm. oh, I love it so much. And it really is a fantastic blog. We'll link to it in the show notes because like Every article on there is super in-depth, but like very readable. So it's a it's a very fun one to to keep track of for oh, me. Thank you. And I, I think that you um you had the idea to do this reading a productivity profile of a a strength athlete who I love, Meg Squats. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and was, it was really uh, Yeah, I was reading the blog and I was just like, oh my gosh, we need to have we need to have someone from here on because it's finally someone who gets like someone behind the scenes here understands that there is like a link between like health and fitness and this stuff. So, <laughs> and she uses to do in a really cool way where she schedules out her whole day 
like kind of to the minute. Uh, and I, I found it very impressive. Um, and she's just a really impressive athlete and an impressive mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, that, that user story for people who are interested in figuring out how to balance you know, your work goals and your fitness goals. Um, that's a great place to start. Yeah. I really liked that one. Um, and okay. I have to ask then which, uh, which diet do you subscribe to? Which productivity <laughs> method are you? Like uh, I'm old school. I'm a GTD, like getting things done, David Allen person. That's how I ended up on to do this in the first place was it was like the first place that gave me that like brain dumpy inbox section. So yeah, that is often the, uh, the gateway productivity method, I think, which is interesting. It's, I mean, it's very well known and um, it has a lot of great concepts. It can be very um, complicated to apply as David Allen recommends it. Oh, totally. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, I definitely recommend that book for anyone who's like new to the productivity world. Um, if you don't know what GTD is, um, yeah, I, I think it's a great, um, it just lays out kind of why you need a, a system like this in the first place to kind of have your second brain um, that's not, so that you don't have to stress about it. You don't have to worry about it all the time. Um, I have tried GTD many times. Uh, what I do subscribe to, I, I think is uh, spot on from from his advice is, add it to your system, whatever it is. The moment you think about it, just add it to your system. Uh, Otherwise you're going to, it's just a recurring thought that your brain is set up to think about all of the things that you don't have done yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so adding it to your to-do list is this way of just offloading it. And and I think that that's um, really key to to the system. Um, And then also having a weekly review uh, I think is, is really important. And, you know, athletes know you do, you need to take the time to think, oh, what's working, what's not working. Um, and so I I think that that's just a natural, uh, a natural way that you can merge the two, you know, have a weekly review where you're looking at your training from the past week. You're looking at, um, your productivity from the past week, um, asking yourself what went well, what didn't go well, looking and planning for the week to come. Uh, we do have uh, a separate guide. We have a guide to GTD uh, in the Productivity Hubs and then a, a separate one for um, the weekly review that my uh, coworker Fideka wrote. That's excellent and I highly recommend it. Um, I just day to day, I'm an eat the frog person. <laughs> That's what my I, quiz told me I was. Uh, <laughs> I just am so easily overwhelmed by things and it's just so clarifying for me so whenever I'm planning my day usually during that shutdown ritual at the end of my work day before my training I ask myself okay tomorrow if I just got one thing done um what would that one thing be Mm -hmm. and um I try to make it um you know two hour max four hour tasks um I I personally don't I'm not able to like do cognitively demanding work like writing or editing for much more than four hours in a day. Um, And so, you know, I really try to um, prioritize uh, that one task. You know, if I only got this one task done, what would it be? Um, And that's kind of what your frog is. Um, That's a metaphor for, you know, that that big hairy, gross thing that you, you know, you've been putting off. Um, it's not always gross, but, uh, you know, you've been putting it off. Um, it, you know, creates resistance 
um, in, in your in your head, you want to procrastinate on it um, and just sitting down um, when I'm at my highest energy and just getting that done first, you know, sets me up for the rest of the day. And usually, yeah, obviously I do more tasks than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try not to open my email. I try not to, um, open our, our team communication app twist, um, Twitter, all of those distracting things. I, I, uh, keep closed until I have that one thing done. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, really, uh, it's surprising how that can really create momentum in your day. And, um, and then at the end of the day, I can say, Hey, I, I can point to this one thing at least that I got done. Um, yeah. that's tangible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. I had to kind of do like a, a play on that in a lot of ways, because if I did the, like, what's the one big hairy thing, it would always be like, what article is due today? That's like on a deadline for someone else. Mm. But that would also mean I would end up like, ignoring writing my next book which is like a hairy task but it's 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 my task so it's like yeah clearly the freelance thing is like much more important because it's it's due today so I actually had to kind of I do the eat the frog but I shifted it to where it's like no the first hour of the day is like all in on writing my thing because I know I'm gonna meet a deadline later in the day but like when 3 p.m or 4 p.m rolls around and I'm having the afternoon slump the urge to like write my own novel is way lower than but like if I'm like oh I have to get this handed in or I don't get paid I'm like okay we're we're working I love that I love that (laughs) and I think a lot of people are contending with that now that like everyone has sort of you know their their work and then their even work and training like this kind of gets to like the morning workout thing for some people eating the frog could be like if they don't do their workout in the morning like it's not gonna get done so we're going to have to do that. <laughs> and, uh, being honest with yourself, you know, I think exactly. um, working with your natural inclinations instead of trying to work against them is always going to be uh, the better strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So in interviewing people in doing all of this research that I am like deeply jealous of the fact that you get to count like reading these productivity books as like <laughs> research for work, I kind of count it for me, but like it's not entirely. Um, what is the like best time management tip that you've found or like favorite one that you've, you've come across? So I, um, I like to think about this, this quote, um, and I'm, I don't even know who the quote is from, but um, it's about how you, you always, you overestimate, tend to overestimate what you can get done in a day, but underestimate what you can get done in a year or mm-hmm. even a decade. Um, and I think this applies equally to, to fitness as a test of productivity. Uh, consistency is more important than uh, volume. And so figuring out a sustainable way to do things. And that's why, that's why I love Eat the Frog so much is because um, it is, it's something that's doable. It's concrete. Um, and if I just keep doing that one thing, even though it doesn't feel like a lot for that day, doing that one thing each day is going to add up to more than if I tried to take on all of this, um, all of this stuff in a day and then, uh, you know, either get it all done and that's great, but then, you know, that's not sustainable and I burn out or I've just set myself up for failure because I've, you know, been expecting myself to get all of this done and I've only gotten half of it done or three quarters of it done. And even though that might be a lot that you've accomplished because your expectations were so much more, you feel like you weren't productive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think 
just that idea of um, not setting yourself up for failure, you know, just accepting, okay, like this is, um, you know, these are my limitations and working within them, um, you, you can get a, a lot done and just kind of aligning what's realistic. Um, yeah, your expectations with what you can actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I liked what you said earlier about you at the end of the day with your like work shutdown, where you actually do shift like tasks that didn't get done, just get put onto a new date. Like, there's no like shame in doing that. That's just <laughs> that is just the way life works. I think anyone who actually makes it to like we'll call like it to do is zero at the end of every day, like it, like inbox zero. I think. I think they're either like a full of crap or b like then they they aren't doing as much as they could be doing i think it's like almost impossible to be like hitting that zero every single day yeah unless you postpone tasks which unless is a you great postpone way to tasks. do yeah yeah i still amir the um the ceo and founder of todoist he says oh yeah i i get to todoist zero every day and i remember asking him like how do you do that he's like i just postpone the tasks and i was like oh you can just do that. It's not cheating. Uh, you know, it's just reformulating your plan um, because your your days are never going to go to plan and you're never going to get it perfect. So being able to roll with the punches like that is important. We're just taking a quick break from today's episode to talk to you about Inside Tracker. So you want to take charge of your health and wellness. That's why you're here. You're trying to do all the right things for your body to get more energy, better sleep, and a healthy immune system, and you probably want to improve your performance. And of course, live a healthy, adventurous life for a long time. But it's confusing out there. There's so much information and misinformation, and what works for someone else might not work for you. You want a clear picture of what your body looks like on the inside, a clear measure of whether your diet and exercise choices are helping or hurting, and a clear idea of who and what to trust when it comes to health, wellness, and performance guidance. Founded in 2009, Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, and fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your health and wellness goals. The recommendations that come from the analysis are ultra personalized, and you can choose the ones that are most compatible with your lifestyle. Each recommendation is directly linked to a peer reviewed scientific publication. And Inside Tracker doesn't just show the normal biomarker zones, they show you the optimal biomarker zones and numbers that are best for your body. And now, for a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/consummate. That is insidetracker.com/consummate. All right. Now, back to the episode. Okay, so on that note, the the idea of like a calendar versus the to-do list. Now, I'll say Todoist has sort of, you could basically use it as a calendar. Like you could theoretically give everything like a very specific time every day if you wanted to. I find that incredibly clunky. So some stuff has times like this, our talk had a time on it, but like writing an article does not have a time on it. It just has like a day. So yeah, how do you, how do you put the two together? Yeah. So I think the the problem with the to-do list is that it's potentially infinite. You can mm-hmm. add, um, I think there actually is a task limit for projects, but it's like 500, you know, you can add as much as you want to Todoist, um, which is great because whenever you have a task you think of, you can add it to Todoist. It's super easy. It's not like creating an event on a calendar where, um, you know, that process can be really clunky because it, 
it wasn't set up to just quickly capture tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the problem is um, you don't stop and think about what you can realistically get done um, because you can just have a, a to-do list that's 50 tasks long. How and every really Monday s- ends up with my having like 37 <laughs> tasks on it because every, like during the week, I'm always like, Monday, Monday, new task. Yes. Postpone to next week. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I think thinking about, you know, finding a way to make yourself think about what's realistic for your day um, is, is great. And I think in Todoist, um, yeah, you can add a, a date and time to every task. And that's how Meg Squats does it, which I was like, wow, that is really diligent. Um, but, uh, you know, even if it's just for a week, um, you know, maybe adding a, a time estimate to your tasks and seeing, oh, how long is that estimate correct? Did this take me longer? Did, do I um, always kind of underestimate how much this type of task is going to take me? And just bringing that awareness, um, you know, into your into your to-do list, you know, as you're planning your day. Um, but also, I'd, it's not the end of the world if you start your, if as long as you're feeling okay about, you know, postponing and not thinking about that as a failure. Um, you know, there's always extra tasks at the end of my day um, that I port to the next day or later in the week. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think, um, and I have, Todoist has a, integrations for calendars. And so you can have your your Google Calendar set up to um, sync with your Todoist tasks. Um, and I do that for meetings because I never look at my calendar. So I would have totally forgotten about this meeting probably, you know, like I, I just forget to check. And so if it's in my Todoist, it's, it goes back to the, just having that central place where it's the one place you don't, you look, you don't have to look at three different places. Um, so that's, I have a meetings project that's connected to my, my work calendar and it, you know, those tasks get pulled in right away with the, with the time. Um, but then for me, again, it's, it's about um, just having those, you know, those priorities uh, in Todoist, you can set priority levels. So I always have my eat the frog be my, um, you know, whatever my frog is for that day, it's a priority one flag. So it'll show up at the top of my today list. Um, and you know, that way I'm not feeling bad if I don't get to all of those, you know, other mm-hmm. small things. Yeah. It's actually really funny. You said that cause I had to do very similar with my calendar to, to do is because my, my poor, wonderful husband kept getting so irritated because I would be like, we have a call tomorrow. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, well, it's in, it's in like our Evernote on a list somewhere. But like, I was like, really? Because it's in my Todoist. So it's going to get done. He's like, that is not my thing. Like I use Google Calendar. You need to connect these so I know what's happening. So we finally figured that out. Because yeah, I will not look at my, like the only thing I look at is my Todoist. Like that is my that is my, this is all I'm paying attention to during the day. Like, end of story. Yeah. And and it's it's nice that Todoists can connect to those other systems. So exactly. That, yep. Your your husband can can use what he, what works exactly. for him. We've now figured it out and no one misses things. Well, we miss things, but you know, we're a little more organized now. Um, okay. You mentioned priorities and this is always interesting because I think everyone kind of feels the same way. What? 
how do you deal with just when everything feels like a priority, but like when you actually do that timing out things, you're like, ah, today is 27 hours worth of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, so we actually just uh, went back and, and updated an older article that we had done, but a, another book that's not actually um, about productivity, but I think it's very connected to productivity is uh, Marie Kondo's Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And uh, another great type A uh, book. Fantastic. And I, I uh, we wrote this article that kind of applies that same mindset to your to-do list because um, it is, it, it, this book is all about um, kind of getting rid of all of the stuff in your life um, that doesn't uh, add value, that doesn't kind of bring you joy. And it, it feels like, oh, it's okay if I keep this, sweater around that like maybe I'll want to wear once someday but I you know I haven't worn it in the last year but I might I might want to use it and you know it, I have room for it it's fine um but she talks about kind of the psychic weight of all of your stuff and how it just feels so so good and it's so much easier to stay organized when your stuff is you know, when you, you only keep the stuff that sparks joy, she says. Um, so she gets a little woo woo, you know, you're supposed to pick up every object and ask yourself if it sparks joy. Uh, but I think that uh, we could, we could really learn uh, to approach our to-do lists like that too. Um, and so if you're thinking about your priorities, you know, ask yourself, um, because there's an opportunity cost. You're not, if you're focusing on one thing, you're not focusing on another. And you're going to have to make really hard trade-offs. And if you just do that intentionally, instead of always having this fight with yourself every day of, you know, all these priorities that literally, like you said, like if you don't have 27 hours in a day and that's literally what it would take, um, you know, it, the mental relief of just letting some of that stuff go uh, is, and maybe deleting that project in Todoist, you know, that feels good. I've done that before so where this nice. big project that was taking up a ton of my mental space and my time, I can just delete it. And, and, and that is gone. Um, you know, it, it feels really good. And when you have the, the tasks that actually fit with the time that you have, just like when you have the right amount of belongings to fit to your space, um, you know, that's when you feel that, like mental relief of like being organized and like, okay, I, I can actually take on all of this stuff and you don't feel um, overwhelmed. And so, yeah, I would, mm. I would encourage people to, to think about their to-do list um, in that way. And knowing that letting something go is just opening up space for something that's more important to you. And um, like, for me, I'm like, fitness is my hobby. Like that's the one, like I, I have friends, I hang out with my friends, but like, my own individual hobbies, I don't, I feel like people kind of um, tend to collect them like they do like extracurriculars in high school where yep, you're like, yep. I need to be a part of the drama club and the band and then, and this and that and the other thing. I'm like, no, I, I have time in the day for my work and, uh, and to train and, and for friends and family. And that's, that's what I, that's what I can fit in. I'm not, I don't need to do all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and I do think like there is something to be said for, I mean, you just, you also like, I mean, A, you literally can't work 27 hours in a day. Like that just doesn't exist. Um, but B, like you also can't work 
even like 16 hours in a day mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again. Like something is going to to crack. So even if it is hard to look at the list and say like, but everything is a priority. Like, like listening to that, my immediate response is just like, but what if it is a priority? What if I, what if I have to do it? I was like, wait a second. Like there's, there's a point where like you literally can't do it because like we don't have a time space continuum that allows for us to spend 27 hours of 24 working. But then there's also just like, no, you, you, you literally just can't do that over and over and over again. Maybe you can sprint through like one week of it, but you can't do it (laughs) like on a daily basis every day. Um, yeah, which is it's... the same with your training, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You can, you can train really hard for a week, but you know, you need to have that programmed in so that you then have a deload, um, you know, where you're pulling yeah. back and you're letting your body rest. And I think cat being, and it's not just the physical disconnect, you know, from work and letting your mind reset, um, you know, and treating your, your mind like you would any muscle, you know, it needs that break, um, in order to work at its best. Um, and so, yeah, I, I completely agree. It just made me think of like, you know, I do sit down in the middle of the day and have my like, you know, time where I'm reading a cheesy mystery novel while I'm eating my lunch. And yeah, I could work through that, but I would not be effective for the entire day if I just tried to keep working through it. So you do need that, that time. Yeah. Um, which actually leads me to, uh, as we're sort of like winding down here, um, biggest mistakes you see people make as they maybe first start getting into Todoist and like first kind of getting into that, like, okay, this is it. I'm going to manage my time better. This is, this is the week I changed my life. <laughs> yes. I would say, um, I, like I said, just, uh, trying to fit it all in. Uh, it's not, yeah, you can add all of that stuff to Todoist, but you're not going to create more time in your day. And um, it's a lot, you know, you can use productivity hacks and and tools to be, uh, to increase your capacity for accomplishing things a little bit. And and those things all help. Um, But your expectation, if your expectations are always so much more of yourself or so much more than you're actually physically, you know, able to do in a day, um, you're always going to feel unsatisfied and unproductive, no matter how much you get done, if you're always expecting to do more. And so, yeah, just giving yourself that space to say, okay, I'm going to postpone the rest of my tasks for, for the day, and I'm going to let myself enjoy this evening, um, and thinking about your to-do list in a way that's not about always getting more done. It's about um, feeling good about what you you did get done um Mm -hmm. and not always feeling bad about all the stuff that you that you didn't get to um Mm -hmm. i think another thing and i think this is just natural when when you get into um a new app and to do this is no different you know you're exploring things you're figuring things out and you're going to try things um that work for other people or uh, you know you see this cool feature and you're like oh i could add labels you know use labels in this way with all of your tasks um and sometimes something will work and sometimes it won't. And I think um, people tend to uh, overcomplicate first and then kind of pare down to what actually um, is, is feasible. And so something for me, um, I like the idea of, like I would just add projects, like projects on projects on projects, like breaking things down. Because <laughs> in Todoist you can add sub-projects and sub-projects yep. of sub-projects. Um, 
And the more hidden my projects were, the more I found myself saying yes to things that I did not actually have the capacity to, to take on. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was missing things um, because, you know, my, my priorities weren't clear and they weren't visible. And so having kind of um, the projects match my priorities now. And, um, and it's just very a, a visible reminder of the things that I've committed to um, and, and not. And so I would say, yeah, I think that people just, you know, it's a natural thing to try out all these different things, um, but then don't be afraid to discard things when they don't work. And don't be afraid to just ignore, you know, features of Todoist. I, uh, I don't use labels that much. Um, mm-hmm. I think I have like one at waiting label that I like to use when I'm waiting on some, to get something done. Yep. Um, but, you know, uh, and I've seen people use them all the time and it, and it works great for them, but just, you know, feel free to figure out what works for you. And, and the most important thing is that it's sustainable. And I think the more complex it is, the harder it is to sustain. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually funny. I was going to ask, I mean, I think people get into these and they spend like hours and hours sort of organizing it and getting it started and then kind of end up not using it at all because yeah, they, they didn't really set it up in a way that worked for them or they set it up in a way that now it's like more time consuming to do the planning than it is to actually like just get the stuff going, get it done. So, I mean, this is like such an open-ended question. I I know people could spend however long they want on it, but in, in your opinion, what is sort of the like optimal time spent planning versus doing? I think it's, I think it's more than people give themselves. I think they there is a tendency to, oh, I'm going to set up this system. And they take a lot of time to set up the system um, and do all of that planning on the front end, but then they don't dedicate that time going forward to maintaining it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that weekly review, uh, for me, that weekly review and then the uh, kind of workday shutdown ritual are the two most important things for making sure that I I'm trusting my system because, and that it's up to date. Um, and so people put in a ton of time at, at the beginning. Um, and, you know, I think however much time you, you want to do that, I think it's fun. You know, I, I love productivity stuff and mm-hmm. so playing around and setting things up that can be exciting. Um, but then I would encourage people not to neglect that going forward and set aside, you know, a, a good amount of, of time to, um, to reflect and, and update your system. Um, so with the weekly review, um, I, that might take me like an hour, especially if I'm incorporating things, um, you know, that aren't necessarily just my to-doist, but they're about, um, you know, my training and how that went this week and how right. I, what I want to change going forward, um, or what habits I, I want to focus on this week. Um, and I think that's really valuable time, not just updating your system, but like reflecting and making sure that you're, um, kind of celebrating your progress because, you know, as soon as I cross something off my list, it's, it's gone in my head. Or yep, as soon yep. as I like, I've achieved a PR, I'm like on to the next thing. Uh, and so stopping to see, oh yeah, that was that was something that went really well this week is really powerful too. And then having that time to plan out um, your week. Um, and then for um, kind of my uh, daily review and work shutdown ritual and then planning for the next day, you know, that sometimes takes 15 minutes, but sometimes it takes half an hour. And I think um, whatever amount of time that requires 
I get it back um, in being more efficient the next day because I'm starting the day when I'm at my freshest, I'm starting the day focused on what I need to focus on. Um, And so I think people, people feel like they're already strapped for time. And then all of this planning is, and, you know, setting up your to-doist and your productivity system, you know, it's just something else that they have to do. Um, And they don't have time to plan, but I think you don't have time not to plan (laughs) because you're so much more efficient and not, not just more efficient and, you know, working on the right things at the right time, but you will mentally be able to trust your system and not be worried about all of the things that you're not working on in that moment. You'll be able to focus on what you're doing fully um, because everything else is accounted for on in your to-doist. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. <laughs> um, okay. Before we wrap up, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find the Ambition and Balance blog, all the things. Yes. So the ambitious Ambition and Balance blog is uh, blog.doist.com. Uh, that there's a, a lot of archives there um, so that good. you can go through. So many. Um, you can spend days. If you sign up for the newsletter, we do send you an email that kind of has some of our most popular um, stuff that you might want to get started with. Um, and then the productivity methods guides I was talking about, they're on todoist.com slash productivity methods. Um, if you just go to todoist.com, it'll be there in the resources tab. Um, That's a fun way to get started and um, dip your toes into the vast world of productivity methods and advice. Um, And I'm on Twitter at, um, that's a great question. What is my Twitter handle? I think it's (laughs) uh, at BKaneMN. I believe. Amazing. We'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for chatting about all this stuff with me. It's so good to get to nerd out about this with somebody else. I know. This was kind of the marriage of two of my the loves of my life. So this was great. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram at consummateathlete, and we will see you next week. <laughs>